Podcast Land, and welcome back to Five Star Pod Splash, the WWE pay-per-view recap show from the Front Row Network on NPR Illinois. I am Jeremy Geckner, uh, and here with me as always to break down everything WWE, the undisputed Dave Batista of Five Star Pod Splash, Mr. Lou Hare. You're only saying that because of my unfortunate navel tattoo. <laughs> I mean, if the shoe fits, my man, the ink fits, uh, <laughs> if the ink fits, wear it. Um, man, it's just it, like, it's like I only talk to you about wrestling on the Front Row Network now because WWE mm-hmm. can't stop scheduling pay-per-views. They're, they're filling the void that uh, Hollywood uh, it can't <laughs> do. We can, we can get pay-per-views once a month. We can't get any new movies, but we can at least get wrestling. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So everyone go the wrestling trade, man. It is chugging along. Uh, but yeah, payback. This is the pay-per-view literally one week after SummerSlam, um, which I'm not going to lie here, like kind of put a bit of a cloud over all the SummerSlam matches because you know, like, you know, we're going to get 50-50 booking and all of this pretty much is is the thing about it. But um, if I'm being honest with you though, Lou, I got to say, I think I liked this pay-per-view more than SummerSlam. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you this much. Uh, the card was... WWE seems to be do some of their best work when they don't have time to overthink things. Yes. So they're just like, okay, what on paper makes sense? What doesn't take a lot of Gaga to set up? And, and so within six days, we got matches that all seem to, for the most part, have some logic behind them and were fresh matchups. By the way, there were far fewer repeat matchups on this card than there was on the summer slam card so yeah. um i i don't know i mean i and i i didn't see it coming <laughs> yeah uh a few things that we didn't see uh didn't see coming here um <laughs> all right so yeah I, I agree with you that there's like a lot of like non uh yeah non-crazy matches here and a lot of i just think that the wrestling was better in, in this one and i think that there was just more um fun stuff happening here but that, there's plenty of time to get into that let's get right into the match card um our kickoff show was the matchup between the riot squad and the iconics um, and this is, you know, something that's been building for a couple of weeks now on Raw and stuff like that. So, um, this was actually a really fun, uh, storytelling, I thought, in this match, though, because early on, um, you know, they, they waste no time in letting us know that, man, the Riot Squad still might not be, uh, on the same page here. Liv and Ruby, they might not be, uh, there. Um, uh, it was ultimately, though, uh, the Iconics were really isolating Riot in this matchup. Um, there's a point where I think it was Billy Kay that knocked Liv Morgan off the apron and then like told her that it was Ruby Riot and this caused Liv Morgan to like double think like whether or not she was going to trust Ruby anymore. But then she hops up for the tag there. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it just kind of turned into all of this. Now, eventually though, um, it was a double knees into the riot kick here from Morgan and Riot that uh, got this one there. So the riot squad defeats the iconics. Lou, what'd you think of this opening match? Uh, I actually uh, did not see this one because I did not get to uh, the chance to see the pre-show. I'll just say uh, this bled into Monday night. So just mm-hmm. speaking of the story, uh, there was the rematch the following night uh, that led to uh, the Riot Squad winning again and the Iconics disbanding. So uh, clearly there's this looks like to be we're, we're in the midst of a Riot Squad push. I'm, I'm happy for that. Uh, I think Ruby Riot didn't win a single match on TV in 2019. 
2019. Yeah. Uh, so that that's crazy. And so to see her kind of back in and Liv Morgan, who I think, uh, you know, they seem to think that she's, uh, she's, they've got something with her, but they don't know what yet because she's gone through so many kind of uh, machinations this year to find mm-hmm. maybe some stability for both of them is good. But I mean, pour one out for the Iconics. Uh, I they <laughs> such a such a such a great team uh and clearly worked well together clearly played off each other well uh, i hope it means bigger and better things for both of them i i mean i don't know um there's there seems to be a bit of a log jam up in the top of the card for the women so uh we'll see but uh yeah no uh happy if this leads for more visibility for all four of them i'll i'll be happy with that yeah, absolutely. And they, you know, I mean, like they, they kind of ham handed it there. Liv Morgan had a bit of a botch when she, uh, went for a springboard off the middle, uh, ropes and everything. She just completely kind of missed it. Um, there was a little bit of a botch when she tried to throw, uh, Kay into the turnbuckle and just completely missed it. But, you know, like you're right. Like this is great if that we get, you know, a bigger push for all of them. Obviously the Rise Squad is going to go up against Baszler and Jax for those tag team titles. Um, that should be a really fun matchup. And yeah, mm-hmm. man. I Talk about botches. <laughs> Nia Jax is involved. I mean, but anyway. yeah, when I tee them up that easy, man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I would really hope that this gets a nice big push for the Riot Squad because yeah, Ruby Riot definitely paid her dues when she came back. So let's get mm-hmm. let's get her some run here. But uh, the show started off proper here with the matchup for the United States Championship. The champion Apollo Cruz taking on uh, Bobby Lashley of the Hurt Business. Um, <laughs> matchup number. 28 of the Apollo Crews Hurt Business rivalry, it seems like here. Um, I got to say, this match was great, man. This this was a really, really fun match to watch here. Um, Lashley was just really dominating the fight early with his power. Um, just tons of great, powerful moves there. But Cruz was uh, using his quickness again. Um, there was a great spot on there. Um, on the outside, though, I love it when Lashley does this, when he has them up in, like, a fireman's carry thing and just rams their face into the ring post and stuff. I just love that. Um, but, yeah, this was um, a couple of really good spots there. Cruz hit um, the uh, standing moonsault uh, for a two count, which I, I'm just always amazed that he can do that, given his physique, um, that he's got that much agility there. Um, but, ultimately, it was more, like, kind of distraction stuff, Gaga, there. But uh, Lashley put in the full Lashley for a submission win. Um, they do this really weird, like live photo session thing at the end of this match. And then all of a sudden Apollo Cruz like just jumps all of them and is walking up the ramp saying that he'll get his title back. Um, but Bob Lashley is our new United States champion here. Lou, what's your thoughts on this match? Well, first of all, I didn't realize that looper could be made into a wrestling match. <laughs> uh, and that's 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 my first thought. Uh, I I think I think Apollo Cruz is 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 a is a better Bobby Lashley than Bobby Lashley. Um, but I, I I've I've made it clear on this podcast I'm not a big fan of Bobby Lashley. Yeah. There has there's not much that gets me excited about a Bobby Lashley match. It's just I can't I I don't know what it is and the fact that he's you know, maybe kind of in this never ending cycle of mid card gimmick changes, manager changes, yada, yada, yada. Uh, and then so defeating Apollo Crews pretty cleanly. Um, and then it, at the beginning, it was like, Oh, okay. Well, we did this match because we're going to move on. But then he crew shows up at the end and attacks him again. And we're still going to be 
doing this rivalry yep. between the Hurt Business and, you know, the Cruz, Ricochet, Cedric Alexander, which, by the way, here's how, here's how you can tell where a story's going to go, folks. If there's a feud and one group has a name and the other group doesn't, the group that doesn't have a name is not going to win. Nope. <laughs> sure you got not. the Hurt Business versus four random dudes. Random dudes are always going to lose. But I, I do need, I think we're, we're, we're time. We got to expand the Hurt Business. We got to have more than just yeah. like the 2006 All-Star team. Uh, and if they're going to, if we're really going to take them seriously. Um, but this match was, this match was good. They're both very athletic, very technically, um, polished. There's, there's nothing I can say. Uh, they're not bad wrestlers. Um, just Bobby Lashley is just a big nothing burger for me. <laughs> I can see that because, you know, like he, he's, this has always been the, the knock on Bobby Lashley, right? Like he just never, he's got all the tools. It seems that you need to make a successful wrestler, but it just never quite clicks. Um, now, I will say that the matchup that he had with Drew McIntyre earlier this year, that was where I was like, okay, I can see this a little bit. Now, that might be more to McIntyre's credit than Lashley's, but, um, you know, I think, look, if you're going to have somebody wear the U.S. title aside from Apollo Cruz, if you're going to have somebody in the Hurt Business wear it, it's got to be Bobby Lashley right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm okay with that. We'll see where this goes. You're right, because, yeah, we're still playing in the same Ricochet, Cedric Alexander um I guess somewhere Ali is um, mm-hmm. Mustafa Ali is uh, sandbox here. And you know, it's just kind of like, yeah, like what are we, where are we going with this? What are we going to do with it? We're going nowhere until the draft. That's yeah, what we're, exactly. and that's where we're going. I don't know when the, I know the draft is supposed to come this fall. I don't know if it's happening before or after clash of champions, but man can't be soon enough because the her business needs some new challengers. They need some fresh blood to feed with uh, because this, yeah. this ain't, this ain't getting it. Yeah, I mean, like on the surface, you would think that if they expand, maybe retribution could be a good, you know, foil for them. But who? that would kind of have, yeah. Who is that? Uh, <laughs> what was that? You said a name. Yeah, we were kind expecting of, uh, them to show up at this pay per view, but uh, I mean, I, I don't know why you would. It's not like retribution isn't a synonym for payback. Yeah, <laughs> at all. <laughs> Like, and that's oh. why he gets paid the big bucks, everyone. <laughs> I just assume uh, at this yeah. point they're a religious organization because that's why they don't work Sundays. Work but, on Sundays, know. yep. <laughs> and with that, folks, let's keep it rolling here. Um, next matchup here, Big E versus Sheamus. Uh, we saw this one on SmackDown, this matchup, but, man, it was not this good. This matchup was fantastic. These two, mm-hmm. um, two of the best workers in the business right now. Um, just tons of amazingly fun spots here. Um, you know, like uh, Sheamus uh, kind of had some trouble getting this going early here, but, like, Big E was uh, doing quite a bit uh, at the beginning, but then he missed this big splat, his big splash on the apron spot, and that let uh, Sheamus really start to go to work on Big E's knee um, and stuff like that. Focused on the knee a lot, a lot of ground attacks here, um, hit the Irish curse back, backbreaker and stuff. Um, but there was a, some of these spots in this were just fantastic, especially the uh, Alabama slam that uh, Big E took. And I'm always constantly amazed that people that take the Alabama slam don't get like concussions every single time because it always looks brutal. Mm-hmm. Um, but Big E took it like a champ there. Um, I really 
loved this like modified sharpshooter thing that Seamus did. He like put Big E in the sharpshooter, but then instead of like sitting down like Bret Hart, he like rotated again and like pushed his knee down into Big E's like crossed over mm-hmm. legs. It was really, really cool thing that he did there. Um, but uh, ultimately this one, uh, Seamus tried for the bro kick uh, and he got caught with a power bomb and then the uh, big ending for a finish there as Big E takes it. And after the match there, uh, Big E went over to Corey Graves at the desk and was just shouting at him to take him seriously and stuff like that. Um, I guys, I loved everything about this match. Lee, what about you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did too. It was everything you needed to be. It was physical. Uh, it made Big E look like a million bucks. This yeah. is the exact kind of role that Sheamus should be playing in this kind of stage of his career um, because he can still go, but he can do it in service of helping, you know, somebody on the rise. Uh, I, I'd much rather see him do this than, you know, get PP throw in his face. So yeah. <laughs> that's, it's, it's certainly a step up. Um, yeah, it was, it was exactly what it should have been. Um, and, and they got a lot of time and it's, it's good because it establishes Big E as a credible singles guy. And it reminds you more often that, you know, rather than your typical SmackDown match does, uh, that Big E can go in, you know, a longer style match and do very well. Yeah, absolutely. And this was, it's rare with a clean finish where both the guys look like a million bucks. And yeah, like Seamus mm-hmm. looked fantastic in defeat here um Mm -hmm. and you're right like we need to get away from the gaga dude he's an irish wrecking machine just let him be an irish wrecking machine and Mm -hmm. there's no there's no downside of him losing this matchup like they they both looked fantastic here no he's at a stage of his career where like he he doesn't lose any credibility at this point in his career you either are you either know him or you don't and no one's looking at Seamus and thinking, you know, he's a jobber or anything like that. He's, you know, he's, he's, he has a resume that, you know, allows him to lose. Um, and every once in a while, if he gets a win, it makes sense too, because he's, he's got that pedigree. So. Yeah, absolutely. But fantastic match here. Um, you're right though. Like this is really setting up biggie. I think and the wins that he's getting are impressive wins. So, um, you had the theory though, that like, you know, maybe Roman biggie WrestleMania next year would be a, a matchup. And the more biggie keeps wrestling single stuff, the more I am liking that, the sound of that loop. Mm-hmm. That is so money. That is Two of their, I mean, you, especially with with the New Day in in his corner, Heyman in Roman's corner. That I mean, that's a license to print money. Yep. Uh, and and I I think I think you're absolutely. I think we ought to be there at some point. I don't know if they can hold off to WrestleMania. Uh, in fact, uh, apparently on SmackDown uh, uh, Friday night, uh, we're recording this on Thursday night. Tomorrow night, there's a fatal four way for number one contender, uh, and it's Biggie and Riddle. It's Riddle, E, Corbin, and Sheamus. And so, like, <laughs> one I'm, name I, stands out there. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm like, I'm hoping they're not hot shotting that too soon because uh, I think we need more time with uh, to to build to that. So yeah, and also, I mean, like, it sounds like it's retreading, but you don't want to make it too easy. You're right. You want to give a little bit of that Kofi Kingston run, you know, that mm-hmm. that Kofi Mania run um, to Biggie, put some obstacles in his way to get there, especially if Roman is turning his heel as uh, tonight's result uh, would would seem to suggest. Um, but, uh, let's keep it moving here. Uh, King Corbin versus Matt Riddle. They've been building this one on SmackDown for weeks and weeks. I mean, technically you could say since the Royal Rumble, um, you could, you mm-hmm. could say that. Um, but you know, this was kind of a strange match for me because 
man, Corbin was just dominating this. He started off early when Riddle jumped in the ring for his typical uh, sandal uh, sandal kickoff routine there, but uh, Corbin just wailed him after that, after the pyro hit. And, you know, not a lot of offense by Riddle in this matchup. You know, it kind of, I don't know, just something about this didn't look like they were quite clicking um, a lot in this matchup, but the chemistry wasn't quite there in the ring. Um but still some great, great spots. Um, you know, no matter what I think about Corbin, I love that spot where he, you know, slides under the ring, goes around the ring post, slides back in, and then like hits a big clothesline or something like that. It always just looks really great for, for something on his, uh, uh, for a guy of his size. Um, oh, but I did forget the beginning of this, the Gaga at the beginning where Corbin, mm-hmm. they told Riddle of, uh, you know, Corbin's tweet where he said that Riddle was already a failure at home. We'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one was really good. Riddle got some sporadic offense in here or there um he took a, a fantastic looking deep six from corbin um near the end of this but the finish just kind of comes really really quick here when uh riddle just uh you know a few elbows and stuff but then he just hits uh the floating bro uh to to finish it off and riddle gets the one two three so uh lou first let's just talk about the match here what did you think of the matchup between corbin and riddle you know, I thought it was Corbin's best match in a while. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember the last match that he had that I, you know, thought was enjoyable. Is it maybe um, the Rumble with Roman? Possibly. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Probably. I mean, it's been a while. Yeah. So, and I, I think he is better than people give him credit for. Uh, I think he's a tremendous heel. Uh, I think people are like, well, we boo him for the wrong, we're booing for the wrong reasons. Well, no, you're booing him because he you know you like they know what they're doing with yeah. that, you yeah. know. <laughs> uh, so no, it's fine. And so, so that that part's great. But yeah, uh, I agree with what you said. It seemed like he was getting a lot of in, um, offense in, and that we weren't getting to see a lot of Riddle, which mm-hmm. is odd because this feud seems to be made to get us to know who Matt Riddle is. Yeah. Uh, and maybe that there's, there's, I guess we'll get to the, when we get to the Gaga, it'll speak for maybe my, why I'm like as not as enthusiastic about this match as I, as I feel like I would have been a few months ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, but also the fact that after the match, there's a beat down mm-hmm. that kind of lets you know, Oh, that's why we didn't see a lot because this is the first match of a series, right. which mm-hmm. almost, you can almost tell like if you, if you watch a match and like, well, I don't, I don't feel like I'm getting everything I suppose I'm supposed to. You can probably in the back of your head say, well, that's probably because this is like the first match of three that we're going to get out of these people. Yeah. Uh, which means we're going to get Riddle and Corbin. And clearly that was set up by, as you mentioned, the, the tweet that was sent out that afternoon by, by King Corbin yeah. uh, to, to <laughs> like add heat to the match, even though the match was already made. I mean, uh, well, well, yeah, in in one second there. But, yeah, like, in a way, the chemistry kind of worked, though, because it made for, like, a more physical match. It didn't look as rehearsed as some WWE matches can look. Um, so it did look like there was more of a natural just kind of animosity between these two. Um, but, yeah, the... <sighs> Like the tweet, you know, for those who didn't see it, he said he's going to make him a failure in the ring is just like he's a failure at home. Matt Riddle was one of the wrestlers caught up in the speaking out Twitter, um, I guess, uh, campaign episode uh, on Twitter a while back detailing sexual uh, misconduct in the wrestling world. I just, I don't know why if you're WWE, you want to draw attention to that. Um, it like, you know, like all it does is make riddle your presumed baby face look bad to people who don't know about the speaking out. No, movement. In, so in, in the, in the best case scenario, 
because what what basically Riddle has admitted to was that he, uh, you know, he he did have an extramarital affair, um, and apparently he disclosed that to WWE before he signed with them, right. which is probably one of the reasons that he kept his job throughout this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was basically like, I had a cons- he, he his story is he had a consensual extramarital affair. Uh, the the female involved has made allegations that that say otherwise. So at the very least, you're acknowledging something that maybe you don't need your baby face to do. Right. Like, this is that weird, oh, we're going to make him human. We're going to show he's flawed or whatever. You, you, like, you've barely established the character in the first place. Right. Now you're like, oh, let's, let's take the bro character and give him a serious, like, <laughs> marital infidelity storyline that's real life and then in the worst case scenario people are you know people might who didn't know about the speaking out hashtag might learn about this and know more and be like oh wait a minute why oh now i really don't want to cheer this guy yeah which is which is why i i think that's that speaks to part of my kind of enthusiasm low for this match because uh, I was a big Matt Riddle fan in NXT. Um, the allegations, you know, are, are, you know, a lot to process and, and that just kind of makes the whole thing kind of weird. Then you put him in a feud with King Corbin, who's a good heel, but also, uh, has been involved in some just kind of stale, lame stuff for a while. So it didn't really set the world on fire. And it's just now you have this kind of mess and, yeah. and a promise that it's going to continue because <laughs> yes. they're not, they're not done fighting yet, folks. So yeah. yeah uh, uh. I mean, you're right though. It's like Corbin is a good foil for Riddle style. You know, the mm-hmm. the literally the original bro character going up against the King Corbin character. It's a good matchup on paper. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's great foil for the. Yeah, like I just. And then, like, still having Velveteen Dream on NXT, like with those allegations, like I just don't know why they're steering into this these skids so hard. Like, it just makes no sense to me. Well, it it, it does tend to happen when the owner of your company has himself been yeah. accused of of multiple things uh and you know believes he didn't do anything or or believes he's beaten them so i i like i honestly got to say that some of that's maybe just sympathy for people um and yep. you know listen we you know, it it's just they say they've done their own internal investigations and found nothing to to you know to uh, corroborate those allegations. It, you you can choose to take them at their word or not. Uh, I'm not, you know, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where to leave it other than they should be steering as far away from this as they can be instead of steering into it. It seems yeah. so weird. Yeah, absolutely. So um, either way, it takes away from a pretty entertaining match there. But you're right, the beatdown happens after we're getting much, much more of this. So let's move on to... Lou, dare I say, maybe the match of the night here. <laughs> Close to it. Certainly I the mean, spot of the night. Did you really think that the women's tag team championship match was going to be this good? Because I did not. The tag team champions, Bailey and Sasha Banks, taken on Nia Jackson, and Shayna Baszler. Um, I believe the only matchup that you lost uh, on our confidence picks there, uh, which I think we all lost. So um, it, it was, but it was a two. I wasn't feeling that great about it. Yeah, exactly. But this, of course, uh, this was really, really fun because they've had the animosity between Jackson and Baszler the whole time. Immediately 
immediately as the bell rings, Baszler tags herself in off of Jax. I just absolutely loved that. Um, she's just mm-hmm. absolutely knocking the crap out of uh, Sasha Banks and stuff. She trapped her head in the corner with a bunch of kicks and stuff. Um, there was just a lot of fun spots in here. Like, uh, you know, uh, Banks like was tying up Jax on the outside while Bailey was a legal woman. Uh, led to Jax being knocked on the floor and she was like clutching her knee. So Baszler was the one isolated there. Um, you know, once Jax did get in there, though, it was just like a chop block um, and stuff that, that brought her down. Bailey hit the big, like, elbow drop there on Jax, and then Banks hit the giant frog splash. I mean, you got to love gotta love the Eddie Guerrero uh, stuff there. But, yeah, this one ends with, your right, just one of the best spots I've ever seen in a WWE ring. Shayna Baszler locks uh, Sasha Banks into the Muda lock, and then Bailey into the Kirafuda clutch at the same time on the mat. And then mm-hmm. as Sasha is reaching to try and help, literally takes Sasha's arm and chokes Bailey out with it. So Bailey taps. Mm. Sasha is now no banks, no belts banks. Um, and we have new t- tag team champions in Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax. That was just, they did more for Shayna Baszler in that one moment than they had for the entire last couple of months, Lou. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and I am norm like they had been teasing her as somebody who wanted to be the next up for the Raw Women's title. And they kind of did a uh a one eighty on that. And I'm mm-hmm. so glad they did because I don't think she was gonna you know, she shouldn't be Asuka's first challenger because she isn't going anywhere. And Shayna Baszler's too good yeah. to not be uh, given a chance to grow and, and for the audience to kind of believe about what a badass she is. Absolutely. And her getting that spot at the end where she's choking them both, like, it's it's outstanding. It's the best, yeah, it's the best she's looked in months since she debuted uh, and since she attacked Becky Lynch, uh, way, like, eons ago uh, turned her into bitter, a vampire for some reason yeah okay sure yeah so yeah no <laughs> it, and, and it was great uh bailey and sasha continue delivering every time Fantastic. they're asked to um Nia Jax was also there um <laughs> It it happened. Okay. I I will say she did that spot <laughs> where she kidding. catches Sasha on the outside and she's like swinging her into the uh, barricade mm-hmm. from side to side. Again, you're yes. right. Sasha's the best seller in the company, and that made mm-hmm. Nia look like a million bucks. So it it did, and I'm I'm I'm, I'm look. Credit, right, credit right. is due. She was there. Nijax, she was there. Nijax did it. This a tag team may be the best case scenario for Nia Jax at this point because yeah. um, I think she she is an imposing figure. She can come in, do some big power spots, but not be required to do a whole lot. Now she's still got to be able to do those power spots without killing people. Right. Uh, but maybe they can work on that a little bit. Um, so I'm fine with that, you know, and this was again, well booked stuff in the sense that, yeah, I was wrong on it because you could in storyline either way made sense, either the continuation of uh, the implosion of Bailey and banks or Baszler and Jacks who don't like each other, uh, costing each other and the sneaky heels getting away with a win. So they booked, they booked this very well to where either ending would have made sense. Uh, they went this way. I think the, you know, so we're escalating the Bailey Banks breakup, uh, which will happen at some point. Uh, who knows how soon, but I think, 
uh, that seems to be imminent. And, and so, yeah, good all the way around. Now, give me Shannon Baszler and Nia Jax. And, of course, of course, be careful what you wish for because now it means that they are uh, – they have the tag championships. They can be on every show. So we maybe we could live in a world where we have three Nia Jax matches in a week. Um, <laughs> why'd just saying. To- but – Glad you have to harsh my over there. Uh, <laughs> but we may also get Shayna Baszler back in full sale for a match or two. So you know, that's true. Uh, that's true. In, in these in in these in these times, we 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 take the silver linings when we can get them. Yeah, absolutely. And you're right. Um, the poetic symmetry also of um, you know Bailey tapping, costing Sasha a belt yet again. Um, and the poeticness mm-hmm. of Sasha being the one to make her tap <laughs> inadvertently. Mm-hmm. Um, just again, in, in, in so many times when WWE can screw up stories, they are telling the Sasha Bailey one so damn well. And mm-hmm. I, I'm going to be mm-hmm. sad when it ends, but it's, it's going to be a beautiful crescendo there. Mm-hmm. Um, S- sidebar for people who have the WWE network. Yeah. Uh, if you need an extra layer to this story, you, and and even if you don't need it, but you should watch the untold on the Basil on on the Sasha Bailey match from NXT Brooklyn, uh, which I think honestly is the steamboat savage of women's wrestling. And so I yep. think I think you ought to watch it, and it gives so much context to their relationship uh, in real life that it informed that match and now informs this storyline. It's great stuff. It's, it, it's uh, at some point they should just like block out a, a half hour of raw and, and just air that thing because it's, it's great and adds so much to their characters. Yeah, absolutely. So um, let's keep it rolling on here. Uh, the shortest match of the night. And I'd say dare say the biggest surprise of the night, Keith Lee versus Randy Orton. Keith Lee's first WWE pay-per-view um, uh, match here against Many or who are many are saying, myself included, maybe the best wrestler of the year so far. And Randy Orton, he is at the top of his game. But uh, this one was great. There was a, you know, Lee has obviously shown his power. They fixed his uh, wrestling shorts. Thank God. <laughs> they let him wear the normal stuff. Still got the shirt on, but whatever. We'll take what we can get. Um, no music fix either. But uh, Lou, of course, you already talked about that. So that's how it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I'm okay with the song. It's just kind of the transition from the basket is glory to that is still a little clunky um, to me. So I don't know. I think yeah, they just that they, somehow. Yeah, let's, I, I, this feels like a placeholder. Hopefully, they figure out. I, we're not going to get the old one back, and uh, you know yeah. that's fine. Uh, but but they got to do something a little new because this, this it doesn't really seem to fit the lead in and it doesn't fit his character, but yeah, I think it's always just like, like, cause like I said, I actually listened to the music this time and like the like offbeat electric guitar hits. It's actually a cool theme. It really is, but they just not like it. It felt like they didn't try to transition it from the beginning of his old theme and they just need to do better at that. But mm-hmm. um, now that we got the important stuff out of the way, I guess the wrestling. Um, so this is great. Um, Lee is showing all that power and stuff that, that uh, makes everybody there. Orton is selling like a freaking pro here. Uh, I really got to hand it to Randy Orton in this. He put Keith Lee over so much in this matchup. Love it when he gets knocked out of the ring, comes back in and says, you got to respect me and just starts chopping the hell out of Keith Lee. And then just mm-hmm. Keith Lee comes back with that double chop and just, man, just pounds the crap out of him. Um, this was great, though. A lot of back and forth here. Um, Orton hits that Drake DDT on him. Um, but as he's going for that RKO, he he takes a spirit bomb from Keith Lee that's... 
I don't know if I've ever seen Randy Orton take a bump that big. It looked like a million bucks. And Keith Lee pins Randy Orton clean in seven minutes, Lou, for the win here. What did you think of this? this doesn't this show that they are serious about Keith Lee? I, I think it absolutely does. And I think good on everybody here. Um, they kept it so that, you know, it didn't feel like some sort of epic match. It 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 was... The story that they told here was Keith Lee has arrived. Mm-hmm. Keith Lee is a player from day one. He's not fighting his up from underneath, which when we talked about this last week, you know, I I said that's why this was a one on my confidence pick because I do know history has shown that new guys tend to get, sometimes they like to beat them first and then let them work from underneath. But no, they're showing right away, no, this guy is a player. He is a big deal and we are not wasting any time with him. We're going to, we're going to, you know, try to maximize his minutes as best we can. Orton made him look like a million bucks too. Yeah. Good, good for Orton. Similar to Seamus, as we said earlier in the night, you know, there's no, uh, Randy Orton getting pinned in 2020 does, does nothing to hurt him. Yeah. Um, and, and it doesn't even hurt the fact that he's just segueing right back into feuding with, with Drew McIntyre because he won the match, the the triple threat match the next night in a totally believable fashion, which also made Keith Lee look like a dominant monster. But of course, Orton snuck in, got an RKO, doesn't pin Lee, sneaks over, pins Rollins. We're back to that. And Orton's probably getting, I think at that point, Orton's going to be champion again. And now you got Keith Lee saying, Hey, I beat you or you've got, uh, Drew, who presumably, you know, who will want a rematch. You got lots of different ways to go. So, yeah. um, I'm, I'm getting used to the shirt. I like it better if the shirt and shorts matched. Right. Uh, just kind of, just kind of make it almost look like a, like a bodysuit at this point, if that's where you're going to go. Um, uh, but the, you know, it is what it is. If we're going to get to see Keith Lee do what he does, I don't care if he wears a shirt or not. I really yeah. don't. I, it doesn't, it doesn't, if that's what it takes for Vince to get invested in him and say, okay, you can be a main event guy as long as you wear a shirt. Okay, fine. You yeah. Know? Yeah. No, I, I completely, gonna, agree, completely agree with you there. Um, I love, you're right. I thought the brilliance of the Monday night matchup was that it what it was, but it wasn't 50, 50 booking, you know, like, cause normally mm-hmm. if you have this match the next night on raw, you're having Keith Lee to pin just because Randy Orton's Randy Orton, but using the triple mm-hmm. threat metric there. Um, and I gotta say watching Seth take that spirit bomb was <laughs> fantastic too. Mm-hmm. Because I, I told you in our chat, I was like that, that is exactly how the rock used to take the stone cold stunner. And it's always awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but yeah, like Keith Lee doesn't get pinned. Um, but I told you, I would love to just see the four of them, Lee, Orton, and Rollins, and McIntyre, just pass that belt around for a while amongst themselves because mm-hmm. those four are just absolutely dynamite. And, yeah, Keith Lee, just shoot him to the moon. He's a little older, as you already said in one of our previous podcasts. Like, don't waste time. Just get this guy going. This guy really is that mm-hmm. good. He really is that different. So I'm happy with that. And, and I think and I think now I would really – now that Orton is um, – you know, moving on back to McIntyre, I'd love to see, uh, I, I'd, I'd love to see a little more Keith Lee, Seth Rollins, uh, because I think Seth, Seth Rollins more than Randy Orton could really show and sell Keith Lee's power. Um, mm-hmm. that's the, you know, Orton is so big and, and physical, like the pounce doesn't, you know, watch the way Orton took the pounce versus the way that, that Seth took it. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Seth looks like he shot out of a cannon. It looks 
so good. Um, you know, uh, you know, no one's going to tap Adam Cole there. Yeah, and then go find Adam the, Cole taking it because it's the best thing of all right. time. But, but you know, I, that that could be the next step is is getting those two in the ring together uh, just to just to give him another showcased yeah and honestly Dolph made him look like a million bucks too and that was actually a surprisingly mm-hmm. competitive matchup there I mean I know he got the jump on him and stuff like mm-hmm. so that was it but you know uh yeah I'm just really excited before they're going with Keith Lee here so mm-hmm. um a great great win there um all right so our next matchup here Ray and Dominic Mysterio versus Rollins and Murphy um <laughs> I feel like we've seen this before Lou um but honestly this was pretty fun Pretty, pretty mm-hmm. fun matchup here. Lots of hot tags. Dominic, uh, once again, I got to say, man, he is impressing me. He is not mm-hmm. really like it, it doesn't look like they're having to work very hard to make him look good. Um, you know, he looks very fluid. He looks like he can take everything. Um, you know, there's a few times where he's maybe not as smooth on some of like the, the sequence stuff, but he can do everything in that ring. And it is looking really, really great here. Um, just a bunch of great moments there. Like I said, a lot of beatdowns and a lot of hot tags. This thing ultimately ends up with, um, uh, Rollins trying to do the buckle bomb uh, kick combo with Murphy in the corner. Um, but uh, I believe it was Dominic that, that got out of that. And, um, or maybe it was Ray. I can't remember, but one of them, <laughs> let me look up here so I can actually m- make sure that, yeah. Okay. It was Ray that was up there for it. Um, Ray gets out of it. Uh, Murphy accidentally kicks Rollins in the face. Um, Ray gets the hot tag to Dominic as Rollins is on the outside. Dominic throws Ray into that sunset uh, power bomb onto the uh, outside barricade. And then uh, Re- Dominic hits the 619 and the uh, splash there for the, uh, for the win there. So uh, Dominic and Ray getting some uh, revenge here uh, in their first victory in the series. What'd you think of the matchup, Lou? I, I thought it gave, it gave the other tag match a run for match of the night. Uh, yeah. You've got you, you've got an all-time legend, Ray Mysterio. You've got two amazing workers in their prime in Murphy and Rollins. And then you got Dominic who's more than uh, holding his own. Uh, they're they're again, using him to maximum effect. They're not making him do too much. They're not making him carry 30 minute matches. He's do he's hitting the spots that he needs to. He seems to, yeah. you know, he does have an, he does kind of have a natural presence in the ring. I, yeah. which I did not see coming. he, you know, in, in his lead ups, he's kind of seemed a little awkward and I was kind of thinking we'd see that. And, and there's still, you know, he's still green, but he's shown just kind of, he's taken to the ring work very naturally. Now it's, it's easy when you got a guy like Seth Rollins and, and Murphy <laughs> right. to do, to, to, to work with. Uh, but yeah, fun stuff all the way around. I mean, just hot tags, uh, galore, good double team stuff, really mm-hmm. fun, really fun along the way. And, um, you know, ultimately the right people won. We ended up because of Mysterio's injury, getting Dominic versus Rollins the next night, which Rollins wins because he should. Um, yeah. and, but again, and, also fabulous, fabulous. Yeah, but good. Yeah. Good stuff there. And, and, and we're already now teasing the breakup of Rollins versus Murphy, which that's going to, that mo- that's going to slap so hard and that match is going to be great. Yeah. I, I, you know what, hopefully it happens on a pay-per-view and give them time uh, because that's going to be hopefully what the, what the gets Murphy to the next level because he's fantastic. I've been a fan of his for a very long time and I'm excited to see if that's, if that's where they go. Yeah. Speaking of that, uh, just this like, like last year, see the series of matches he did on raw with Aleister black, all three of them mm-hmm. were, 
insanely good. Every single one of them. I was like, that's so amazing. But yeah, Rollins, I think is just really in his prime with this character. And I'm Mm -hmm. hoping that he's going to have to go be a dad here pretty soon. And that's going to suck because he's really, really getting into this Monday night Messiah character. Mm -hmm. And he's really getting interesting. Well, my, my, uh, my wish now would be either to see like, you know, Lee just spirit bomb him out of the, out of the, uh, pay, out of the Federation for a while. Or I think you could really set up, if you do this right, you could set up some, a nice series of matches with him and Murphy and then culminate it in a loser leaves town match. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, right. Uh, him off for however long he's wanting to because yep uh we're nearing six months almost for becky lynch yeah uh so we're, we're you know it's getting about that time uh so he's you know he's probably going to want to be taking some time off soon so what better way to do it than let his disciple uh be the one to take him out yeah exactly hey the sacrifice um, <laughs> all right well let's get it here the culmination match universal championship on the line, fail three-way here. The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, the champion, versus Braun Strowman, versus the returning Roman Reigns. They made so much in this uh, uh, at the end of SmackDown last week and also in the midst of this pay-per-view. Is Roman going to sign the contract? Is he going to sign the contract? Is he going to sign the contract? Well, uh, as Bray makes his entrance uh, into the ring, which, again, still just a million bucks, this Fiend entrance, um, just keep it, keep it all the time. Um, but he gets jumped by Braun Strowman at the beginning of this um, during his entrance, and uh, then we just get a giant brawl here between the two of them. And uh, I gotta say, as brawls go, uh, this one was way better than SummerSlam. They were really getting physical with each other. Lots of Absolutely. crazy bumps that they were doing here. Um, Uranagis everywhere, <laughs> you know, clotheslines on the outside. Um, you know, for some reason, we had to cut back to Alexa Bliss looking there. Uh, we'll talk about what that means in a second. Um, the Fiend brought out the toy mallet hammer <laughs> because why not? We haven't seen that since, I guess, Hell in a Cell maybe. Um, and uh, it's just it's kept going all over the place. Great stuff. But it ultimately culminates in um, Bray superplexing Braun Strowman off the top. And we exploded the ring, um, as happens every time Braun takes a superplex. Um, but it's at this point when both are down, burn out burnout the music hits roman comes out with paul Heyman. he signs the contract goes down there he tries to uh pin bray a couple of times there um and he of course kicks out then he goes for braun and he kicks out of that roman's getting a little frustrated here um and as he goes back to bray he uh, jumps up the fiend hits the mandible claw on him but it is a kick to the balls which is apparently the only weak spot for the fiend and (laughs) then roman goes with a huge spear on to Braun Strowman. One, two, three, your new universal champion, Mr. Roman Reigns. Uh, Lou, let's talk about the matchup first. What did you think of this? Um, This is a literal straight out of Paul Heyman heel move here. Are you convinced of the Roman heel turn yet? Oh, a hundred percent. It's, it is, it, 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 you know, I think it was, to me, it was confirmed once you saw him next to Heyman. Uh, it's confirmed with him showing up at the last minute and, you know, preying on these two people who've beaten the hell out of each other. It sealed the deal with the nut kick. I mean, although I got to say, uh, you know, I understand why he'd be mad because that mandible claw was probably not 
was was probably hurting those new veneers he's got. Those you know, those, those those things aren't cheap. So <laughs> you know, really really disrespectful by the fiend. Yeah. Come on, to, fiend. to go after his new dental work there. But uh, yeah, I, yeah, no, I, I buy a hundred percent. He, uh, we also know. Look, Brock Lesnar. It currently is not with the company. Uh, that can always change based on um, whether or not you know a Saudi prince needs to do some propaganda, but. <laughs> Uh, and, or, or until somebody thinks, uh, AEW is going to pony up the dough and WWE is going to swoop in and buy, you know, Brock yep. a new ranch. But in the <laughs> meantime, they're going to, if they're going to use the Brock formula uh, with Roman, uh, I'm all for it. One, yep. because, uh, Roman's actually going to be around to do it, uh, and not just show up <laughs> once every three months and, and, and two, uh, Roman's a better wrestler than Brock. Yep. So yep. his matches are going to be better. And he can talk in addition to Heyman. All of that. I mean, the Roman heel turn makes a whole lot of sense right now. So I'm all for it. Yeah. And I, I kind of like that they're like, they didn't like put him like full blown into heel mode. It's like Roman has mm-hmm. always his whole life been the baby face. And it's like, so he like kind mm-hmm. of like the character wise, they're doing it where like, he doesn't quite know how to be a heel yet. You know, like it's, it's kind of like Paul's like telling you, like you always take the hard way, like, you know, take the easy way, like be like this and go get your championship back. But even then mm-hmm. he's still trying to like, you know, pin him cleanly and stuff like that. It's kind of where the mm-hmm. nut kick comes in where it's like, okay, okay, there it is, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, and we have, you know, had all those chair shots and everything the last time, but yeah, mm-hmm. I, I agree with you. Like Roman as the Brock Lesnar part makes a ton of sense and it is going to be fantastic if, if they do it. Now I want to be very clear here. I want him to actually wrestle <laughs> in the mm-hmm. next yes. match, please. Uh, because you're right. Like I love, I've always loved Roman Reigns as a wrestler and I thought that he always like was always underrated uh, for his in-ring work. Um, and so I think, yeah, this, this could be a really, really good thing here. And of course more Paul Heyman is always good. Um, I gotta say, I hate, I hate how they shot the end of this match because the way they kept going to the wide view of the ring, I was like, uh, oh, they're going to explode the ring, aren't they? Like, cause it's just mm-hmm. like, it was like a wider version of that, of that one shot. And I, I, I kind of hated that they kept showing us that because I was like, ah, oh, damn it. So I don't know. Is that, is that move like losing all value for you? Like, have they done it a few too many times? Yeah. I mean, I think you do it once a year and then that's fine. Right. You know, every, every once in a while is okay. Um, I think it would have, honestly, it would have been more effective if they had done it at SummerSlam. Yeah. Um, especially considering the fact that, uh, as you pointed out, this was a better match than yeah. the Braun Ro- Fiend SummerSlam match. So yeah. I, I like, it almost seems weird to me <clears throat> that the Fiend, I guess they needed, they wanted the Fiend to win the belt back because to me, it seems like you could have almost done that ending at the end of SummerSlam and had a no contest. Right. And then you could have done this match and then the fiend was going to win, but the, but Oh, here comes Roman. Yeah. Uh, and you know, the fiend didn't, you know, I guess now you figure. Just, yeah. And that, that kind of leads to the Alexa bliss cl- question. Like, are they taking Bray somewhere completely away from the universal title now? Cause I mean, uh, in your scenario, yes, that would have worked, but then Bray feels like he's been wronged. And, you know, since the fiend only came back specifically to get that universal title from Braun Strowman, you know, like then, mm-hmm. you know, why would he then leave Roman alone if they're trying to take him off somewhere else, you know? So, but then again, I mean, this is why SmackDown is going to be fascinating because 
what do you do with the fiend mm-hmm. now? I mean, what what do you do with it? My my personal opinion, I I think my opinion is different than what WWE is going to do. I think WWE is going to make him a face. I think Alexa Bliss is part of that because I think it's going to humanize the fiend mm. um, and give him, you know, someone who can help sell some of the storyline of it uh, and do a little bit more of the talking um, to help give him that sympathy. Um, and, and so, and maybe even she, she's probably unfortunately going to play damsel in distress at some point. <sighs> yeah. uh, I, I, but to me, I, I think I, I think you need to, if it were me, I wouldn't have the fiend anywhere near the universal title almost ever. Yeah. Uh, if, if he's your new undertaker, uh, the undertaker was always the least interesting when he was champion. Yeah. He, you know, whenever, whenever he had the title, it was, it was, uh, his, his most interesting feuds never involved uh, the title. Yeah. Almost because never. you're right. Like, I think there was a documentary where they talked about that, where it's like, you build up this monstrous character. Like it's so hard to find legitimate opponents for that, for that character when they're mm-hmm. the champion, how do you legitimately have them lose that title? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And, and he's also, I mean, why does a spooky supernatural monstrosity care about winning a belt? Right. <laughs> what, you know, yeah, why? Yeah, exactly. you know, he, he, he he shouldn't really, um, you know. But uh, if if he should just care more about writing wrongs or haunting or tormenting souls yeah. or whatever. No, I would uh, much he, rather see him be that revealing force like he did with Cena. You know, like take mm-hmm. these people and like show them who they really are, like he did yeah. with Daniel Bryan in a, in mm-hmm. a reverse way. Like yeah. that was always way more interesting. Like limit the fiend to the final guy to like literally bring the torment out on mm-hmm. these people. Yeah. And it also makes him more of a special attraction because if you're the champion, you have to be there every week on every pay-per-view. And I think, uh, you, you run the risk as you did, you know, with under undertaker got into some silly shit over the years, yeah. uh, because they, they had to keep thinking of different ways. And eventually they had to change the character multiple times to keep him, uh, fresh and relevant. Uh, it's not a bad thing to have the fiend not be, the center of attention. And I, you know, I know there's corporate entities. I know, you know, Fox probably wants them, wants him there way more than maybe creative does. But mm-hmm. uh, I, I think, I think spacing him out would be way better for, uh, for Bray in the long run. Uh, where Braun Strowman goes from this. I, I, uh, yeah, I where, where, where the hell are we going with him? He, because you, you, he, you invested so much into turning him back into the monster. So like, he goes to Raw is where he goes. <laughs> he gets drafted he goes, to Raw. He gets yeah. he gets dra- he gets drafted to Raw and they get him the hell away from this storyline. Well, I mean, um, doesn't it make sense to try to recreate that Braun Roman magic from like what, twenty sixteen was it? Um mm-hmm. but I mean, I understand the logic of that, but I don't think Braun is that wrestler anymore. I just don't think he can do like the kind of stuff he could back then. No. And I, I just, I don't, I'm not quite sure me as the, as the good guy. That's the other thing too, is he seemed to be the good monster. You know, I, I I'm just, I don't know if I'm sold on him as the, as the face right. uh, against, against Roman. I'm, I'm more interested in Roman and that's the opposite. You know, that's not where we want to be at this point. Uh, which is another reason why I think it's great that Roman's a heel now, because as much as everybody wanted him to turn heel, you know, it'd only be like two weeks in front of a live crowd before he's getting cheered when he shouldn't be. Right. Uh, but 
So WWE good on, fans gonna WWE fans. <laughs> yep, exactly. So I I'm interested to see where they go. I know we're gonna get a new number one contender um at at uh, as of SmackDown, as by the time you're listening to this, maybe that's already happened. We'll see where they where they go and, and what the Fiend does. But it looks like it looks like at least the Fiend's probably not going to be involved at Clash of Champions. Uh, so that's going to at least give him uh, a month off. Who knows? And who knows where they go from there with him? Yeah, absolutely. And you're right. You know of my love for Bray and the Fiend character, so I don't want them to overexpose him. I want them to take their time, craft a good story, and just uh, let him be. Yeah, let him be that ominous force that, like, when he's coming for you, 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 there's nothing to do. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's the Thanos inevitability. You know, mm-hmm. so uh, have that be the the way back there. So, um, all right. Oh, and by the way, if we get a Survivor Series three way, like if they do NXT SmackDown Raw. And we get a champions one. Could you imagine like an Orton Reigns, like say Balor or Cole, like triple threat match? Yes, please. Sounds like, yes, please. Sounds like a lot of fun. Or, uh, or, or, or actually, I'll see yours and then raise you for the women and have Bailey, Oscar, and Io Shirai. Oh my God, that's yes. there. <laughs> Survivor Series, get here now. Um, all mm-hmm. right, that's gonna do it for this recap of Payback 2020. We will be back for Night of Champions um, in a couple of weeks. Uh, that's gonna be a fun one. I always love that pay per view. Every title on the line. It always just feels so um, epic and and momentous there but uh, uh, if you want to get in touch with us tell us what you thought of Payback you can always find us online uh, Facebook social media Instagram uh, the Front Row Network uh, or on YouTube with the Front Row Network at Front Row Reviews with a Z on Twitter Lou where can they find your personal musings on Twitter you can find me at the fake Lou Hair and you can also find me on Instagram at Lou Hair Yep, and you can find me on Twitter at jgeck, J-G-O-E-C-K. Um, and uh, if you think I'm wrong, uh, just, you know, say so. I'll, I'll, I'll respect you. I'll respect you. Mm-hmm. you yeah. <laughs> All you Nia Jax stands, come on out. Let's yeah. see. <laughs> <laughs> Send all Nia Jax hate and love to the fake blue hair. Um, just <laughs> flood his, his, his DMs with Nia Jax gifts. <laughs> anyway, folks, that's going to do it for this episode of Five Star Pods Splash. Mm-hmm. I'm Jeremy Geckner. And I'm Lou Hair. And as always, we'll see you in the front row. Bye. Five Star Pod Splash is a special presentation of the Front Row Network of Shows, a proud Community Voices member of National Public Radio, Illinois. For more information from the Front Row Network, go to thefrontrownetwork.com or nprillinois.org slash program slash network. You can also find us on social media by searching for the Front Row Network on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and find us on Twitter at Front Row Reviews with a Z.